preach out of two books, two different places like this, but it just kind of went together with what God laid on my heart. And uh, pray that uh, we're obedient to Him as He would lead us. I'm going to take this jacket off if that's okay. Please. First uh, Samuel chapter 30. Please pray for Amber and Drew and um, Dad also. Uh, she took him to urgent care or whatever one it is in Cross Lanes to get his ankle x-rayed. He had a little accident yesterday and it's still swollen, hurting him pretty bad, so we're just going to make sure she's hoping to be here anytime. And Dad volunteered to ride with her so uh, he could drop her off and take Drew on back home because he... He can't put any weight on our Harley yet, and he's not very comfortable. So pray for them. He's there now. So anyhow, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Is everybody there? One person. Two people. Three. Okay, we're doing doing better all the time. 1 Samuel 30. Everybody there? Okay, I like that a little bit better. Verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag had smitten or Ziglag had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives and were therein they slew not any either great or small but carried them away went on their way so in other words uh, when they came and invaded they didn't kill anyone they took everyone captive So let me read on the rest of the story. A couple words here we're going to struggle with, but it's okay. Verse 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, till they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Amahim the Zedrutitis and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. Notice verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, I'm sorry. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, I read this situation, this story, and it couldn't get much worse. I mean, let's face it. Uh, I guess it, in some ways it might have been worse if they had killed them, but here's the thing. If someone was to kidnap my wife and my children, immediately I start thinking of all the things that they may do to them. I would rather see them dead than suffer like that. That sounds harsh. And so in some ways... It couldn't get much worse. Everything they cared, loved, and held dear was gone. Everything they owned was burnt. Their families had been carried away captive. It couldn't get much worse. But notice what David did. He didn't say he found hope in getting them back. He didn't encourage himself in the possibility. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And this evening I want to encourage you that there's going to be times in life you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Not in the situation, not in the possibilities, not in the maybes or could have beens or all the aboves. 
It's in the Lord and Him alone. Acts chapter 16, please turn there now. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. We're going to refer back to that story in David here just in a moment. And I read that story so to give you the background of why that verse is in the Bible. You may have heard that phrase before. Acts 16, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Right, go get to verse 22. We'll start reading at verse 22. Most of you know this story, uh, but Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Is everybody there? Okay, half of us. And the multitude rose up together against them. This is speaking of the multitude against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day that you've given us for this time together. God, I thank you for your mercy, your grace. I thank you for your word. God, for its meaning, for its richness. It's alive. Lord, it never grows old. It never gets dull. God, I'll never know all there is to learn about it. I have so much I still don't know and so much I've still got to learn. But God, I thank you for what little bit you have shown me and taught me through the years. God, that... Lord, I can trust in you. And God, in times when it looks bleak, when it looks hopeless and helpless, that God, I know that you're there. And God, I can trust in you. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live within me. And God, I pray that you speak to hearts tonight as needed. Lord, you know the words that need to be spoken. Lord, I pray, God, use me as you see fit. I can't do this without you. God, I must have you. And Lord Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, when you read this story, I think most of you know this story. Uh, this is, uh, if those of you that are here on Wednesday nights, if you remember where the town this story took place, that went through the book of Acts with us. Went to a little place called Philippians. And most of you are familiar with the book of Philippians. And some of my favorite Bible verses are in the book of Philippians. It's one of my favorite books in all the Word of God. Uh, I read it so often, and like every time I read it, I've read some of those verses probably 200 times, maybe more, and they never get old. Uh, they still rich today. I remember the first time someone, someone quoted to me, uh, Philippians, I think it's uh, four, and I believe memory serves me right, eight or nine, when it says, if anything is just, true, lovely, virtue, praise, think on these things. I remember the first time hearing that verse, I, I never will forget, I remember where I was at when I heard that verse. And I read this story and I think back when Paul's writing the book of Philippians to that town, to that church, I wonder if this story went through his mind. 
because this happened before he wrote the book of Philippians. This is when he was there starting that church. And I wonder when Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If, if things are lovely, anything is true, anything is just, think on these things. And he goes on to say, there's a peace that passes all understanding and knowledge. Thank God we have that tonight in our hearts if you have Jesus Christ. So what I want to tell you this evening with God's help, I just want to give you some thoughts on these two stories and maybe get some help here tonight for each one that's here, maybe listening. But we read that story about David. And it said he encouraged himself in the Lord. The people, his own people, were getting ready to stone him because they blamed him for what was wrong. They blamed him for other problems. A lot of times in life when things happen to us, when things don't go right, we oftentimes look for somewhere to lay the blame. And if we find a place, we'll put it there. And even though it may not be correct, it may not be, it may be innocent, we don't know, always know all the facts, most of the time we don't. A lot of things we don't know, but we still try to do that. And here are his people that he was trying to protect, he was trying to lead, that he dearly loved, was getting ready to turn on him and say, David, this is your fault, we're going to stone you. He had one place to turn and one place only. As kind of an old saying goes, he was between a rock and a hard place. Quite literally. Um, and so he encouraged himself in the Lord. But when David did that, I believe he did it with not expectations of what could or might happen. He knew that his God would deliver him and deliver his people if he put his trust in the Lord. We read about the three Hebrew children cast in the fire and they said, King, let us be known unto you. If God saves us, so be it. But if he does, we're not going to bow to you anyway. We're his and we're going to serve him. Didn't matter the outcome. And here in this story, I believe Paul and Silas got to the place where they said, you know what? We're beaten, we're in the inner prison, we're miserable, but we still got Jesus. Now let me describe to you real quickly the setting. From what I've been told, I've never been to Israel, I'd love to go sometime, hope to get to one day. If I don't, it's okay. I've been to Calvary. But this inner prison, from what I've read and studied and heard, was oftentimes down inside the inner jail, like down in a pit. And that is where they put the most hardened, dangerous criminals who they did not want to escape. And they put these two men there simply for preaching Jesus. Man, what a crime. Uh, I mean, they were a danger to society, right? So uh, they, they put them down in that inner prison, and from what I've read, it's oftentimes wet. It's oftentimes cold. It's damp. It's not very comfortable at all. Remember, they had been probably, according to what I read here, it said they rent their clothes, so they were probably stripped naked, horse-whipped, and thrown into the inner prison. All for the name of Jesus. You know, Peter tells us that if we suffer for the name of Jesus, he said, count it all joy. But if you suffer for doing wrong, he said, basically, you're just going to have to man up to it and own it. And here Paul and Silas started to sing and sing praises to God. So what I want to help you this evening is maybe give you some thoughts to think about the next time you, your life gets thrown in the inner prison. You feel like that the inner prison has surrounded you, swallowed you. You feel like world, earth, Satan, all around you has captured you and put you in the darkest place you could be. So number one, 
I don't think Paul and Silas worried about the results when they started singing and praising God. I don't think they were concerned about who heard them. I don't think they were sitting there thinking, if we start singing and praising, I think God's going to deliver us. I don't think they was thinking, if we start singing and praising God, I don't think they was thinking about what might happen. They just said, we are stuck here. There's nothing we can do. We need Jesus and there's only one way. to. We got him here with us, but let's invite him here with us. Everywhere you go, Jesus goes with you because he's in you. Holy Spirit, you're never without Him. When I come to church, I don't ask Holy Spirit to come. He's already here. I want Him to have freedom in His service. I want Him to be able to manifest Himself, show His love, show His affection. Let Him lead how He wants to lead. Let Him go in His service how He wants to go and give Him praise because He's worthy tonight. Paul and Silas found reason here that they praised God and they sang songs because they knew there was nobody else to count on or call on. You hear me quote often from two books, Torture for Christ, and I, the other one is very similar named. And both of those men, and I've read other uh, stories where people have been kept prisoner for years for preaching Jesus that they said in the darkest hours of that imprisonment Jesus shined brighter than they had ever seen him before Dale Vance stood up here a couple weeks ago and preached differently than I've ever heard him preach and he, someone sent me a post he put the other day a day or two ago on Facebook said that God didn't give him his miracle he said but the miracles I have seen the last few months has been unspeakable he said, I can't describe to you what all God has done, how I've seen His glory, how I've seen Him shine. And without God doing what God needed to do, He would have never seen that. Is it easy? No. Is it comfortable? No. Does He hurt? Yes. Would He want His wife back? Of course He would. But don't, I mean, yes. But in all that, God is still shining so bright that He can only see Jesus through it all. Because sometimes we just got to praise Him regardless of the results. Number two, they didn't care. They didn't know if they were going to be released. I've kind of already said that. They didn't worry about the results. They didn't worry about being released. You know, it's quite possible that as they sat there and as they were singing praises, there's also another one I want to go ahead and jump to. They didn't worry about the repercussions. So easily they would have thought, you know what, if we start singing or praising, they might beat us again. Sometimes when we're going through something, when the trials come, when, the inner, when we're thrown in the inner prison of life, and all of a sudden the world is turned inside out, upside down, we want release from that. There's times where I wish I could take a pen and just mark through a week on a calendar sometimes and just do away with it, wipe it off, and say, let me step out of this trial. Let me step out of this burden. Let me step out of this place somehow. Let me close my eyes, open them, and all of it's gone. But folks, it doesn't work that way you will not get released immediately you can't praise God just to say if I start praising God he'll release me you praise God because he's worthy he might release you from it he might not but God is worthy and I promise you if you'll start singing songs you say preacher I can't sing I can't either but I sing to him anyway because the Bible tells me to if you start praying you start praising him thanking him for what he's done for you before long the situation may not change but your heart will sure change you might physically still be in that place 
but spiritually you'll be in a heavenly place where God is shining brighter than he ever has. Church, it's time you and I start realizing that instead of wanting God to somehow release us from everything, somehow get the results we want, we just praise him because it's right and he's worthy and because he deserves it and because it's worth it. It's all him. Let me go on to the one I've already mentioned. The repercussions. There's a movie. If you stream, you can find it. Uh, and it is Tortured for Christ is the name of it. You can, most of you can probably find that if you try with any effort. It's the quick story of Richard Warmbram. Uh, it, they, they took a book, put it in movie form, and in that movie, and I read this in the book, they would start singing and praising. They would come in and beat them for singing and praising and praying. One of the guards in that movie opened the door. I almost hate to tell you because I'm hoping some of you will go home and try to find this and watch it. You need to. They, he was praying and the guard opened the door and said, what do you have left to pray for? He looked up at him and said, I'm praying for you. This man had beat him unmercifully. He said, I'm praying for you. When you pray and you thank God, you got to not worry about the results or the repercussions. You just praise God and you pray because it's right, because He's worthy. And it may not get you out of the inner prison right away, but spiritually you'll, you'll start rising above that. You can go above the clouds. Hey, the situation may not change. The hurt may still be there, but thank God I can thank Him. i got something to thank Him for. I'm one of His. Do you realize what that means this evening? If you're saved, so are you. The repercussions. Most of the time, if we be real honest, we won't witness, we won't pray certain prayers, we won't do certain things for God because we are afraid of the repercussions. Some of you won't lift your hand up in church God is sitting there asking you to, beating on your heart and telling you to praise Him because you're afraid of the repercussions. Am I right? And He's worthy. He deserves it. Now, I realize some people are silent all the time. There are some people that just are vocal. I am, I understand that. But I'm here to tell you that if you that God in the Bible you study out praise, it means vocal, outward. My wife, sometimes I'll say this a little funny and I'll move on. We are water and oil in some areas. I've told this story before. We went down to Pigeon Forge for a few years. We went to the comedy barn. They asked for volunteers. I stood up and said, I'm your man. And they wouldn't pick me. So I, so I, I didn't go back. I, I, I no, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a picket line up out here. I'm striking against them. They wouldn't pick me. Amber's sitting there with a blanket over her head, hoping they don't pick her. And I'm saying, I want picked. You know, we ought to be the mindset that God can pick us and say, God, pick me, pick me, pick me, Lord. You need somebody to praise you. Pick me. You need somebody to pray? Pick me, God. Pick me. But most of us, most of the time, we're too busy. We're too ashamed. We don't have that in us. 
because we don't have enough of God inside of us and God don't have enough of us. We should be willing to say, pick me, Lord. Pick me. Who cares about the repercussions? I much rather be concerned about the repercussions that I'm going to suffer when I get to the, to the judgment seat of Christ than I am here on earth. I want to have something left laying there and my life is put on fire instead of a pile of ashes. For his glory, for his honor. Lastly, and, I, and I'm done. That's okay. They didn't care about their reputation. A lot of us, me included, are more concerned about our reputation, what man thinks, than what God thinks. We were going to hit on this pretty good this morning if I would have preached that whole message about fearing God, but time didn't allow. So God decided we were going to hear about it this evening. Paul and Silas, I don't think they were worried about the results of praising. and, and that, They just knew somewhere along the line, Paul has told Silas about that Old Testament story. Now, I don't know. I've studied Silas some, and I need to go back. I don't remember, so I don't want to get out of line here with this. I don't remember if he was a Bible scholar like the Apostle Paul was or not. I'm not sure. But let's just pretend for a minute that he wasn't. Just humor me. God tells us he gave us his word for different reasons, for admonition, for examples, to tell us everything we need to know about him, everything we need to know about us, and how to get to him, how to honor him, how to praise him, how to thank him, how to be saved, and what to do once you are saved. And I wonder as they were sitting there in that prison if David said, Silas, let me tell you a story from Samuel about David. You know, they come upon a place there at Ziglag and there was total destruction. Everything was gone. It looked hopeless and helpless. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. said, Silas, why don't you think we just start encouraging ourselves in the Lord? You know what a good song, Silas? You heard any good ones lately? Silas said, yeah. As a matter of fact, I heard one the other day on the on my iPod, um, on, on YouTube. I very seriously doubt he said that, but I thought I'd make sure everybody was still with me. And Silas said, yeah, I've got one, David. i got a favorite. He said, well, let, me, let me tell you about it. And there, in the middle of all of that, they started singing. And I believe David, maybe, maybe Paul started praying, thinking about David and how he rejoiced himself with the Lord. And Silas got to praying with him. And they got to shouting and thanking God for what he had done for them, for how he had saved their soul from hell, how he had brought them back out of sin, and how they knew they was doing the will of God, and how God had his hand on them. And what all was going on in their life was the will of God. And they said, we're going to thank you anyway, Lord. We're going to praise you no matter what the results are. And they thanked him. And they sing praises. When's the last time you've gotten carried away in God like that when everybody disappeared? Everything disappeared. You didn't care about who heard you. You didn't care who made fun of you. You didn't care about anything but pleasing Him and knowing that you were found faithful in God and you were happy with what God had done for you. Thank God you got a reason to praise Him this evening. Quit worrying about the results. 
Leave them up to God. Do you not think God cares about you? Do you not think He knows what you need? Too much of the time, God has given us the formula, told us to do things, to walk through situations that we won't do it, yet we still ask Him to do it. God's give us things to do sometimes. And He says, do this or do this or do this. And we don't see it as the way we want it to be, so we won't do it. And we wonder why sometimes things don't happen in our life. Quit looking for the results you expect from God and just start looking to God. Quit worrying about being released from the prison until God's ready for you to be released from the prison. There may be a lesson there that he's trying to teach you. I don't like it sometimes. I don't like going to God's school. I wasn't crazy about school when I was in school. I regret it now. I wish I'd have been crazy about school and did the best I could, but I didn't. I thought as Morgan was teaching this morning, he said, I hated school. I said, now you're preaching. But the kids, let me tell you something. You listen to me and you listen well. Two things you better do in your life. You better get all the education you can, but number one, you better follow God with your whole heart, with all that's in you. You better do things God's way because if you don't, you'll pay for it the rest of your life. Guaranteed. Guarantee you, you will. Mark her down. In fact, if I had a black marker, I'm just running on the wall. That's how sure I am of what I just told you. They didn't worry about the results. By the way, for whatever it's worth, David and his men got their families back. And I believe as they were sitting there talking, Paul said, You know, Silas. God delivered them. I don't know if he's going to deliver us or not, but we're going to praise him. Let me tell you about these three Hebrew boys boys that got thrown in a fiery furnace. We're going to praise him. They didn't care about the results. They didn't demand from what I read here. They didn't tell God, God, this is what I need you to do. Paul didn't, I didn't read where Paul said, God, if you'll deliver us and get us out of this prison, we'll continue preaching for you. Boy, aren't we money halls for those of you that remember that show. Let's make a deal. We want to make a deal with God. God, if you'll do it. No, just do it because God said to do it. Quit worrying about the results. Quit worrying about uh, the, the repercussions that may come. Quit worrying about being released from the prison. Quit worrying about somebody's alarms going off. Uh, quit worrying about uh, the, the distractions. Sometimes we get in church and in your life outside of church. Quit worrying about those things and focus on God worrying about the repercussions and quit worrying about your reputation what somebody thinks about you I'm going to go and give you a little barn burner you ready everybody listen whether you realize it or not a lot of people in your life don't like you anyway don't kid yourself whether you realize it or not People will think what they want to think about you and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Either they like you or they don't. And let me go and give you another barn burner. The world thinks you're goofy already. They think we're wasting our time right now. Some people will watch this and use it to make fun of me. I don't care. The day's coming when the judge will sit on the throne and the world will answer for their sins, and there won't be no laughing or making fun of Christians then. But 
the world laugh if they want to. Let them say what they want to say. I wish they would listen. I wish they would understand that Jesus is real. God is real. And there's a day of reckoning coming. And friend, you better get right with Jesus or God's wrath is fixing to fall on you. That's coming. I don't worry. I want to get past the point. I don't worry about what people think about me. I'll say this and I'm done. The Bible tells us we should be crucified, to die to self. Paul said, I die daily. You're the closest to me. Come here a minute. All right. Turn around here. I want you to crucify yourself. I want you to hammer yourself to the cross. going to do with that hand that's exactly right let's try this again now let's ask God the Holy Spirit to have his way in you you take up your cross daily and follow him and then he'll drive the nails as he sees fit you can sit down thank you he knows when to nail you to the cross and when to take you down he knows when you need a nail driven in and when you need one pulled out. He knows when you need a breath of air and when you need to suffer. He knows exactly what you need and when you need it. You cannot crucify yourself. It can't be done. You get crucified by saying, God, I'm yours. I lay my life down for you. And let me assure you, a dead man has no feelings. I can promise you that they have no feelings. How come so much of the time? And I understand, I, I thank God for my feelings and emotions, but too much of the time, our feelings is how we serve God. Paul and Silas was not serving God on their feelings. David realized at that moment his feelings were not going to cut it. His own people was fixing to throw rocks upside his head. And he said, Lord, I encourage myself in you. I'm going to thank you, God, because you're God. When's the last time you just said, God, I'm thanking you because you're God? and you're worthy. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I pray that you got honor from this message. God, I pray that I've preached what you wanted me to preach. God, so much of what I preached this morning, just a little 10 minute, 15 minute message, what I preached tonight, God, I need to take my own advice sometimes. God, I thank you that you're always there. You're a God that's near. And Lord, I don't have to go looking for you. I don't have to go through any ritual or anything, but God, you're always there. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you take this message and do with it what you need it to. Let it fall on the ears, the ears that it needs to hear, and on the hearts it needs to hear it. God, I thank you and I praise you for this time together. Now, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to please give us some victory, God. But Lord, if you don't, Help us to praise you. Not worry about results. 
not worry about release, not worry about repercussions, and not worry about reputation. Simply do it, God, because you're worthy. And I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. I'll tell you what I think I want to do. If you want to come and pray, certainly come and pray. I never want to tell nobody not to do any different.